Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. ESNY. episode of the Hoops Addicts Anonymous podcast, an Elite Sports NY production recording on the evening of June 24th. It's a Thursday, a little past 8 p.m. Eastern time. Uh, Rolling tonight with your host, Jeff Campbell, and uh, we are fully into NBA draft mode. We know that the draft is July 29th. The um, lottery has just occurred. And we are very fortunate to have someone who knows someone who could go anywhere from within the top 10, the lottery, to the early teens, the 20s. Uh, Someone who's been on the show before, very lucky to have him again. We have the associate head coach from Stanford, Adam Cohen. Uh, Coach Cohen, thank you so much for coming on the show tonight. How are you doing? Yeah, thanks for having me. And I'm doing great. I'm excited to be back on and would love to talk about Zaire and anybody else and uh, it's been a crazy year for all of us but uh, we're on the other side hopefully and getting there to move forward. 100% and I think you you said it best you know and in, in doing my research and I'll be honest you know I, I didn't know 100% about what Sanford had kind of been through uh, this year prior to kind of looking up Zaire. I just knew that he was someone that was very highly recruited and I actually remember when we talked Tyrell Terry last year you had even told me, you were like, listen, we got this guy coming in inside here. Like, like he's going to be the truth. And he was very highly recruited, um, a, a super, um, you know, long, big, talented wing um, that we're, we're kind of happy to go into tonight. But I guess the, the, the way I wanted to start this conversation is just talking about the context of your season, because I feel like you can't really discuss the his statistics and his production without looking at the fact that at the beginning of the year, you guys were on the road for an an incredible amount of the season, pretty much half of the season. He had two deaths within his family. uh, From what I understand, you know, two uncles that he was very close to. He was in uh, COVID protocols. He was injured. Like this is a freshman. This is a 19 year old kid uh, that was, you know, very highly recruited. Um, you know, so I, I guess the, the first place I, I just want to start with is you were with him, you know, in the midst of this. What impressed you about this type of adversity that he handled um, and, and just how did you see him day in and day out, you know, deal and kind of handle with everything that was kind of thrown at him this season? Yeah, um, that was a great description of kind of what we went through and what Zaire had to go through. To say the least, it was a season and a year that he did not expect uh, that he would get himself into when he came and committed to Stanford, and neither did we. And obviously, like COVID, 
there was nothing that any of us could expect. And we kind of took it as it came and we had to deal with things that we didn't expect. And it was hard. It was hard for all of us. Um, you know, Zaire didn't get on campus until I believe September 13th, which took away, you know, usually we'd have guys here June, July, August, and then go home for a little while. So roughly 75, 80 workouts you're talking that he didn't have that he could have had um, in the summertime prior to getting here. So when you talk about the issues with his strength and his body necessarily, like a lot of it was because he wasn't able to be with us during that first summer. Um, but I'll say this, after everything he went through with the, the family tough times to the, the ups and downs of our season, not being on campus for months at a time because of the county protocols, um, the kid learned a lot and he learned a lot about how to deal with difficult things that frankly, he didn't have to deal with anything like this prior. I mean, he's had, um, I, I would say when you have to go through what he went through this year, uh, it teaches you a lot about yourself and it allows you to grow up on the fly, which I think was really, really good for his personal development. And coach, just for you personally, like I, you know, I know in speaking with you last year, like it's clear that you know, you and your coaching staff have a real personal touch and a connection with like the, kid, the the students that you're working with. Like, what was this like for you, you know, in terms of what you had to deal with and how you had to adapt? If you could, if you could give me maybe a, just a couple of, of examples in terms of how your roles and responsibility change in terms of how you work with the players, what was that kind of like? Yeah, for sure. Um, well, let's say it like this. We, we weren't in our offices all season, not one time. So when you're watching film as a staff or watching film with your, your players and your team, um, it wasn't in a setting that you're used to having. I couldn't have the guys over to my house and have a meal with them um, unless we were outside and keeping socially distant. And, and we, weren't even out, we weren't even at our house for months at a time. Um, and, and I think that was beyond crazy. Sorry. I got a little one here. Nah, it's all good. That's life. That's life. That's life. And actually to that story, which is, which is quite, a, quite amazing too. I'll, I'll add this to it. When we played in the Maui invitational in Asheville, North Carolina, our first game of the year, we played Alabama on our way to Alabama. We stopped in Amarillo, Texas to refuel our plane. Okay. When we get to Amarillo, we get word that our County is shut down sports for at least three weeks. And that if we come back to Santa Clara County, we'd have to quarantine for two weeks. Well, my wife was pregnant and um, was planning to have a C-section about 10 days after the Maui Invitational. Perfect timing would have been fine. Everything. Well, I had to leave after the Alabama game. We had a great win against Alabama and um, you know, after that game, the only way I could be in the hospital with her for the birth of our child was to quarantine back home for a few days and then be able to get in there. So I missed the last two games after we had a great win and baby was born all good, but just talk about a personal touch. That's a good example right there. That is, uh, that is wild, man. And, and it's, it, the reason I brought it up too is again, from what I heard, um, you know, the things that you guys, again, as a program went through, were very different than, than a lot of other teams and, and, and all, all teams were affected. Right. But, you know, when I hear that Stanford, you know, spent half the season on the road, right. And didn't have a home game until, you know, whatever. I mean, that that's different. And that's again, going to affect all players, all coaching staff, but especially a young 19, 19 year old, like say year. Um, 
I guess as, as we transition more into like the teeth of the conversation about him, he's been on the national stage for a while now, right? Like came out of Sierra Canyon, um, you know, Bronny James's team, obviously uh, famously, you know, I, what I've seen from his game and, and the tape that I've watched creating his own shot, whether it's driving to the hoop, shooting off the dribble are probably some of the most valuable skills in the NBA that along with his handle, seem to be kind of like the the core pillars of his game what what you've seen from him again given um you know a very unusual season what impresses you the most about his game and what do you think is nba ready about zaire williams right now yeah so you have to start with zaire with his skill set is truly unique i mean he was just measured at the combine i think it's six eight and a quarter without shoes um, with almost a 6'11 wingspan. So when you talk about a shot maker at that size, that's pretty unique to start. You know, obviously he's long. Um, and the thing that no one talks about, I'll get into his offense in a second more, but the thing no one talks about is how well he can move laterally. And we put him on point guards um, many times throughout the year, and he really, really excelled in those areas. Um, when he had to guard bigger, stronger wings, uh, it wasn't as good of a matchup. But if you put him on guys that were really quick, and he was awesome at pick and roll coverage and guarding the ball and using his length. Um, offensively, you know, I think his percentages were not as high as as good of a shooter as he is. Like he's a better shooter than his percentages showed. Um, he's still learning, you know, the right shots. And I think in the NBA, he's going to be a much better three-point shooter than he showed in college, partially because he took a lot of difficult shots that um, were hard. They're just tough shots that I don't think um, looking back and you can look on film, like, man, let's, let's shoot the open three instead of trying to shoot a tough two you know, over length when you have a catch and shoot opportunity and just learning that those are the shots that he can shoot where um, I think he'll really excel in those areas as he continues to get stronger and move forward. And that, that kind of leads me to a question I'll probably ask you a little bit more about later. Um, but I did want to ask about his shot and just personally what you think of it, because the tape I watch, like a lot of people, like I do see it as fluid. I also see it as like a little bit of a slow gather and, and maybe a little bit of a hitch as well, but um, it looks clean, right? Like it looks repeatable. It looks like something that he, like he clearly does over and over, but how do you see it? Was that something that, you know, when you guys got him on campus, again, I say campus like lightly because you guys weren't on campus a lot, but like when you guys got him, where was that something where you were guys, where you as a coaching staff were like, well, we have to work on him with that or was that something where you were comfortable with him in in terms of his shooting shooting motion yeah no we we felt really confident about his shooting motion i just i think that all right so this is the other part of it we had our first home game in maples pavilion on february 2nd okay so you know two-thirds of the way through our year um and we played a number of games in santa cruz and he also had to quarantine for you know, a couple of the funerals where he went home for. So I bring that up by saying that, you know, he didn't have the opportunities to get in a gym like he normally would have had. And that I think really affected him. He's a guy that loved being in there and would have done as much individual work as possible given the opportunity, but it, it is a little slow in terms of a little windup, but this kid, if you put him in a workout, I don't, I've never been around a kid who shoots more swishes because he has such amazing arc and sometimes too much arc. Um, but the ball doesn't touch the rim, 
Right. It's, it's truly incredible. Um, for him, it's just making sure he shoots the right ones because he's going to make the right ones. And, um, you know, as the year went on, it just, I think a lot piled up on things, but when he starts shooting the right shots for him and he keeps getting stronger, where his range will get deeper and deeper and deeper, like his percentages are just going to skyrocket. I really believe that. One of the things that really impressed me in the tape, like, and I don't know if, if this is just like a novice thing that I'm noticing or something that like you felt like, oh yeah, you know, I saw this too, but you know, something that, that really caught my eye is when he would dribble into his mid range pull-ups, like there's a guy right in front of him and the guy seems, you know, maybe not as tall as him, but, but at least a little close, but the guy's contesting Zaire. He's still getting his shot off. You know what I mean? And he's still, he's hitting it and the hand is right there, but it doesn't seem to bother him. And that was something I felt like if you're going to be a young guy in the NBA and you have that ability to just kind of, make shots over people, even when, when they're within close range, I thought that was super impressive. Yeah. The rise up as we call it, right? Like his ability to rise up over you, use his athleticism, use his length and just get into his pull-up. No, his pull-up is really, really good. And that's natural to him. Like that's the shot he's been shooting for years. Um, and now what we tried to do is extend that to make the threes natural. And, and that's what he's been working on now where like when you catch it, you're shooting your three and then you can get to your pull-up, but the three is the priority, not the pull-up. Um, you always have the pull-up and that's, but that's your second tier shot that you want to shoot and you want to shoot your three um, ahead of that. And that's kind of what we're working on because he can always get to his pull-up. He can always rise up over, but I still think that's a tough shot over length. Uh, it definitely is. Um, and I hate to compare him uh, to players, right? Because obviously uh, no player from Stanford is, is the same, but just in, in comparison to Tyrell Terry from last season, do you see Zaire as someone who will have more of an immediate impact when he gets onto a team? Of course, that depends on who he's drafted to. Um, or do you see him as someone who is a, a more of a, I don't want to say a project, but someone that's going to need a little bit more work to kind of access his potential. Yeah, I think um, the two things that they have in common are their feel and their unselfishness. Um, Tyrell, and, and they didn't really show by their assist to turnover numbers, but you can see certain pick and roll reads that they made where they were, you know, able to, they made the right pass at the right time to the right player that they saw things that other guys wouldn't have seen. So that part's going to translate. Um, the other part that I think also will translate, which will take Zaire time is the strength part, just like Tyrell, um, the, the NBA, it's just, so, these guys are so big and strong and mature physically that he just needs to a little bit of time to get his weight up and to keep working on that part. Um, that's the part that'll hold him back a little bit from day one, but his skill level and his athletic talent will allow him to play early on in his career. And I think you'll see some flashes as a rookie. And I think he'll just continuously getting better because he's a high character guy with great work ethic, with a really good natural feel. Um, and he's incredibly talented. And it's just, now it's just a matter of let's get a few more pounds for that armor on there so he can take a hit a little bit better um, and kind of go from there. I'm listen, man, I'm, I'm still high on Tyrell. You know, I'm, I'm not, uh, I know he spent time in the G league and, I know uh, things with the Mavericks are a little bit up in the air. They're going to be looking for a coach. Um, but listen, man, I, I, 
I, I, I still feel like, especially when they traded Seth Curry away, uh, Tyrell fits a need that that team has, especially when you're going to have Doncic who, who commands so much attention. Yeah. And Tyrell is a guy who can, who can make the game so much easier for players around him and, and shoot very well. Like he's, and I know he went through some stuff this year too, but like he, like I, I, I feel very confident he's going to be fine. We do too. And um, everybody's rookie year is hard. Just like yeah. everybody's freshman year of college usually is hard. Like it's just an adjustment. It's different. It's unique. Um, <laughs> these guys got to go through something hard in their life. And uh, a lot of them that are able to overcome that really end up having great careers, great opportunities, the whole deal. What is the main thing as a coaching staff that you really tried to work with, uh, with Zaire on this year? Where do you feel like he improved the most in your eyes? And where do you feel like he still has the most room to grow? Yeah, I would say um, room to grow with the shot selection area. And just kind of, I touched on that before, just being able to commit himself to shooting the open threes at the right time, as well as working on getting to the basket. Um, no doubt about it. The place he improved the most, no question was his defense and just specifically the schemes, um, that we play, whether it's downing or icing ball screens or guarding the ball one-on-one or understanding his help responsibilities off the ball. Like he, he really thrived in those, you know, from day one, as he got, he got better from day one to day, you know, second month of the year, whatever it may be. Um, so he, he, he picks things up extremely well. Uh, it's never a time where he's questioning, you know, what am I supposed to do in these spots? He understands different situations. Um, and now it's just, can he take what he understands and then perform it on the court at a quicker, faster rate? Yeah. And I, you know, it's funny, you mentioned it earlier in the podcast, but I, I legitimately saw that when you put him on guards, he really stayed with him and he made it very difficult for smaller guards to get around him. Like he uses his length really well. Uh, that was something that, that surprised me a lot. Um, and it's just the reason I say that, I guess, is because like, you don't see a lot of 19 year old guys who have a reputation of being like a scorer really take that, um, that onus and that responsibility on the defensive end. And I think if you're an NBA team and you see that you'll, you can kind of be like, well, let's get him with our development team and let's see what we can do. Without a doubt. And that, and that's the thing, like you put all this together, you have a great talent. Okay. Like physically he can jump, he can move, he can shoot, he can pass. He has a good feel. He's got to get stronger. Uh, he's got to get his body right. But you also come in, he's an extremely high character kid. He had a 3.8 GPA at Stanford during his time here. He worked his butt off in every area. And you got to realize what we went through and understand like this kid's going to reach his potential. It just may take some time and him going through what he went through this year will set him up for what he's going to do in the next five years because he went through something hard. And I, and I really, and he would be the first to admit that. Like I, I wish for him that he could have had a normal college experience, not because he would have had better numbers and we probably would have won more games, but more because that's what he deserved. Like the kid did not deserve what he had to deal with. And, um, look, we're, we're still extremely close with them. Um, we love, we couldn't be more excited about the prospects that he's going to have. And we're going to be a huge fan moving forward because we believe in his potential. Like we always have. 
I love what he said too, like in the research I was doing about him, you know, the reasoning he picked for Stanford, he even said, he was like, listen, it's a no brainer for me. He said, yeah, I fancy myself as an entrepreneur, someone who has that type of uh, spirit. And I want to go to a, an institution that's going to help me obviously in a basketball sense, but uh, academically in a career sense as well. And that's something that I feel like if you're an NBA team, like, you have to take notice of. Um, and with that, with that, I, I feel like, you know, the next question I want to ask you is, you know, how is he as a teammate? I feel like, again, this year is different. So it's going to be hard for him to stay super connected to everyone, given everything that he's faced, the time that he probably spent away from the team. But um, again, being around him as much as you have, what is your sense of him as um, what type of teammate he is? Yeah. So he's a number one is like, he's just a great kid that everybody likes. And when he went through a couple of different deaths in his family over the course of a month or completely unexpected, um, I think we all felt for him and uh, we cared for him. Like, you know, and we wanted him to figure it out on his own and we knew we were here for him. And, um, and I think that's how our guys viewed it. They respected him as a worker. Um, I think they all would have hoped that, you know, we have this incredible talent coming in, all kinds of notoriety that could have led to us, you know, having a little bit of a better year. And we struggled towards the end due to everything. Um, but at the same time, I, you know, I feel very confident that he, he, we all felt great about our relationship with him. And he was a good teammate who wanted to learn and grow. And over the course of time, I just think it got, it got hard with what we all had to deal with. And, uh, but it is what it is. And we all support him in every way. I know that. When, when NBA teams uh, call you, what do you feel like is the most common question that scouts are asking you about Zaire and how are you answering that question? Man, that's a great question. Um, so I think every player has question marks, right. And different questions are asking and they ask about his background. They ask about what it was like to coach him. And they ask about if he's a good teammate, how competitive he is, all those kind of things with Zaire. It's so different. Um, it's, it's, everyone knows this kid wanted to be different. He came to Stanford top five kid in the country, wanted to create his own path, all that kind of stuff. And then, you know, he didn't, he, he had an up and down year and he went through a lot. And so the main question they're asking is, when he went through those, that adversities, how was he to coach and was he um, supportive of his teammates? How did he handle things? And I always tell them the story. Uh, and I really think this is a great story to know who he is as a person. So we played at USC, I believe it was on a uh, Wednesday night in the end of the year, we got our butts kicked. We didn't play well. Guys were banged up a lot going on. Zaire stayed in Los Angeles for a funeral um, of his uncle, who was really like his brother, um, <laughs> extremely close to him and taught him how to play basketball, the whole deal. And that was on the next day on that Thursday. And he came back to campus about a day later. I want to say he came on Friday. He came back or Friday night, something like that. And unfortunately, because he was at a funeral outside of our bubble, he had to quarantine for five days. Well, our team left to go to the Pac-12 tournament about four days into that quarantine. And Zaire had to stay back on campus by himself, quarantine in, in his dorm room. I say this because 
how many kids in his situation would have stayed with our team or stayed on campus in this situation? He would have said, I'm out. I'm going to go back home. Uh, you know, I appreciate everything, but it just didn't work out and I'm not going to be able to play. He wanted to see if we can make a little run and keep our season going because then he could join us. And he sat in his dorm and did all he could because he wanted to be a part of it. Um, and then, you know, when we got back, he was the first guy to greet us in, in the gym and, and everything else when he got out of his quarantine. So it just when you put all that in perspective, um, you get a real feel for who this kid is and what he's capable of in a normal situation. I think that's a really good point. Like, I, and again, I'm not knocking kids who do this because every situation is different, but like you could easily have had Zaire be like, listen, I'm going to go in the lottery. Like I'm shutting it down. Like I, you know what I mean? Like Stanford's great, but like the NBA is in my future and I, I could just, you know, coast the rest of this year and, and not play. And most likely I'll, I'll still be drafted pretty high, but I think that's, that is a great story of, of what type of teammate it, he is and what he values in terms of like the coaching staff and, and teammates need to see me as someone who's going to be present. You know, even if like I'm going through rough stuff, like leadership is still being there, still being present, even if things are difficult. Um, yeah. I, I think that's a really good anecdote. I feel like that may be the answer to my next question, but uh, I'll, I'll see if, if maybe there's a different answer to it. Um, what I was going to ask you is, all of the great competitors, when they whenever they have a setback, like obviously Zaire did this year, they're really eager to come back and prove people wrong. So the the narrative around Zaire, hopefully it's not this extensively, right? Because there's a lot of context to his production this year. Um, but I'm sure a lot of people are maybe a little bit lower on him than they were in the beginning of the year or the middle of the year or whatever it was. What sense do you have if there's an anecdote or a story that you can tell me about Zaire, his desire personally to kind of impress the next level, if you have that at all? Yeah, no, I, I feel very, very confident that Zaire is motivated as can be to prove himself some more. Um, I really do. Uh, again, like this is a kid who is a hard worker, cares about getting better, is always going to try to do the right thing. Um He's not a kid that um, is is not going to be in the gym. And I know since the day he left us in March after our season was over, you know, he's been working out and getting ready. And uh, at the end of the day, like he knows he's a smart kid. Uh, he knows that, you know, maybe he didn't live, maybe the expectations from the outside weren't hit the way they needed to be. However, like, I also think that he did the best he could in a really tough situation. And we, I wish we could have done more to help everything more in the situation. And I think he's, look, he's got a really bright future. I think he's going to reach it because everything I've said, highest character, hardest worker, um, great kid who just needs a little bit of time and to get his body in order and his skill set will take care of itself. Um, we believe in him like crazy because of all those things. And we think he's going to have success at the next level. Awesome. Awesome. Uh, I really enjoy hearing that. And last question before I let you go, I got to ask you about my guy, Oscar De Silva. I, I'll be honest. I didn't watch a ton of him this year like I did last year. Um, but I just remember you talking, you know, so glowingly about him. Um, I haven't seen him in a, in a ton of mock drafts, but, you know, is he going to make a team this year? Or what, what's his future? I know that even if it's not the NBA, he's going to be super successful regardless. But how's how's Oscar doing? 
Man, I hope he does. I literally an hour ago just got done working him out. He's back here. Um, had dinner with him last night. He's just here for a couple of days and um, wanted to get some work in. Uh, I love that kid to death and uh, pretty amazing. He uh, he played in the G League Combine, was fine. Um, and, you know, he's actually, no lie, he's FaceTiming me right now. Um, <laughs> like, I believe you. That's great. That's crazy. wild. Um, and, you know, he's he's a special kid. He had a great year, uh, average 19 a game, all Pac-12. Again, scholar athlete of the year in our conference. Um, actually went and played in Germany right after our season and played professionally for a couple months just for the German League playoffs and played well. Um, we'll see. You know, I think he's got a chance to be drafted. I think he's got a chance to be a, a two-way candidate as well. Yeah. Um, I I do know this, whatever team he's a part of, if he has that opportunity is going to be, they're going to, their team, their culture, the character of the organization is going to be um, enhanced because he's a part of it. And he's that type of person. Um, he's the highest level character. We, the way we described him, and I don't know if I said this to you last time, but is he was our version of Tim Duncan for Stanford basketball. Mm -hmm. And um, he lived that every day for his four years he worked his butt off. He got a ton better, you know, went from a kid who averaged six a game as a freshman to 19 as a senior um, and put himself in a great position. So uh, we're hoping that uh, everybody sees what we see in him and um, he just needs one opportunity. I know he'll stick. Uh, listen, I, I couldn't agree more, man. Any, any tape that I watched of Tyrell last year, you couldn't watch it without seeing what Oscar does on the court as well. Uh, yeah. and, I, and I just, you know, I, I hope, some team gives him a chance, whether it's, it's G League or at the pro level. I just feel like you get him in a locker room, he'll stick, you know, because that's just kind of who he is. Um, but, uh, you know, listen, I, I know there's some people um, who are a little bit lower on Zaire, but but given what you've said about him and just kind of like the little research I've done on him, like I'm not going to count this kid out. Like I just feel oh. like there's too much talent there. There's too much that went on with your program and with him personally this year um he's super super young and i just feel like give him a, a just a, a semi not even a completely a semi normal year in a in a in a development program and, and just get him right like he'll be fine um so that i mean that, that's kind of how i feel about zayer i'm sure you feel the same as well 100 percent feel the same way he just needs a little time and being some structure and he's gonna he's going to do everything right. Like you're not gonna to have to worry about anything with him. He just needs um, to keep learning. He's a young kid. who has got to build into his body. And once he does that, his game is going to take off and it may take a year. Um, but I really feel strong that his game will, you know, really, really excel as he gets older and as he keeps maturing physically. He feels like one of those guys that like the Oklahoma city thunder could draft and just yeah. like, you know, develop as they've done with some of their younger guys. Here, hang on. You want to say hi to Oscar real quick? Yeah, of course, yeah. man. Absolutely. Oscar, say hello. Dude, he's in, he's in your place. This yeah, he's at my house. There he is. What's going on, <laughs> man? How you doing? Well, I'm I'm in, yeah. just, guy, he just asked about you. I'm a big fan of yours, man. I appreciate that. <laughs> yeah. Listen, I really hope you make the league. I, I watched a ton of tape, especially with you and Tyrell Terry doing the pick and roll last year. You mm -hmm. guys are killing it. Thank you. Good, Leo. So yeah. Anyway, that's uh, <laughs> funny, right? That is funny. Um, but yeah, man. I you know I, I I think Zaire again. You put him in the right situation, he'll be fine. Um, 
I very much appreciate your time tonight. Uh, you know, always appreciate, you know, any pause that you're willing to do. Uh, last thing, um, you know, any recruits that are coming into Stanford that, that you're really excited about for next year that, that you're, a, you're able to talk about or, or no? Yeah, no, for sure. So we have uh, some really good players coming back as well. You know, a kid named Spencer Jones, who has actually made the second most threes in a two-year period in Stanford history. Um, he's made a ton of threes and shot a really good percentage. He'll be a junior for us. Um, sorry, we have a kid named... Um, Sorry, we have a kid named uh, Jaden Dallaire, who is the most improved player in our league coming back as well. And so he, he had a really good second half for a year. In terms of recruiting, Harrison Ingram is a young guy from Dallas, Texas, who is a McDonald's All-American for us. Um, second Back-to-back -back McDonald's All-American for Stanford for the second time ever. And he's actually trying out for the Team USA under-19 team. So really excited about him. He's about 6'8", 225, has a little bit of a Draymond Green game. And uh, – Really excited about all three of those guys. That's awesome, man. Uh, listen, uh, Coach Cohen, thank you so much, man, for always appreciate your time. And uh, wish you guys and, and, of course, the Stanford Cardinals best of luck. And, uh, you know, appreciate you and hope you enjoy the rest of your night. Yeah, thanks for having me. And uh, sorry we had some noise in the background, but it's all good. <laughs> and uh, anytime, whatever you need with our guys, we have a great group and we're really excited what we're building. Absolutely. And uh, for everybody else listening, thanks, uh, thanks for listening. And uh, we hope you guys are staying safe. And uh, we will talk soon.